now, The Whole Home Show with Tony Joe on CFAX 1070. Hi there, everyone. Thanks for listening to The Whole Home Show. I'm Tony Joe. Our show is brought to you in part by Denise Webster, mortgage broker with Dominion Lending Center's Modern Mortgage Group, Carrie Augustini, insurance manager for Island Savings, Carrie Smith, home inspector from InspectTech, and the, law, and the law team at Sitka Law Group for your real estate, wills, and estates, corporate, and personal injury needs. If you need an opinion from experts in insurance, mortgages, building inspections, or legal aspects of real estate, give these guys a call. They're great people to talk with. Just visit the CFAX 1070 website and you look under shows. There you'll find us, The Whole Home Show with me, Tony Joe, and all their contact information is there. Or you can always find me online. Reach out to me. I'd love to talk to you, and I'd love to connect you. My background as your host for the next hour and every week here on The Whole Home Show is as a local realtor here in Victoria. I was born and raised here. I've been selling homes for 28 years. I've overseen hundreds of transactions locally, almost every situation you can imagine. Uh, But, of course, there's new situations that arise every day. Call me if you need a seasoned professional for your real estate needs. I'd be happy to help you as well. You can connect with me either through the CFAX website or on my own website, the Prime Real Estate Team. It's primeteam.ca. Victoria real estate has become frighteningly expensive. I get it. The first house that I sold in 1991 was $137,000. And that house today would be close to probably around $700,000. What a jump. Sure, you know, wages have increased But I think that we all agree house prices have outstripped increases in wages. So how does a region like Victoria become so expensive? Well, today I'm taking you for another real estate tour. So far, I've brought you to uh, uh, Up Island, Duncan, Nanaimo, Comox Valley, brought you to Vancouver. We've had uh, chats with Kelowna and with um, Calgary. Uh, We've had Winnipeg as well, Uh, even down south, uh, Seattle and Phoenix. Well, this week, I'm very excited because we'll be talking about real estate in New York City and also in Toronto, including who is buying, the definition of luxury in those marketplaces, and the struggles of affordability in each of their respective areas. Our guests are Kevin Brown from Sotheby's, New York, and returning guest Richard Richard Silver, from Sotheby's Toronto. Let's start our show with our weekly listener question. If you have a question or curiosity about real estate, give us a call. Our hotline is 250-414-6540. That's 250-414-6540. Or find us online on the CFAX 1070 website, and we'll discuss it on the air. had a phone call from Noelle last week. She is relocating from Victoria to the Okanagan. She's moving to Vernon. And her agent has introduced her to an agent over there. She's wondering why that agent hasn't done anything and whether she should continue with that agent or to find a new one. All right, so this is very common. Um, Realtors will refer people from one town to the next. Now, actually, it's common to do that, but I have to admit to you, it's more common for people to be coming to Victoria than leaving Victoria, although we are seeing that a little more often nowadays. So basically how it works is you've got a trusted real estate professional here in Victoria, like myself, and you're thinking of moving to another marketplace like Vernon, where Noel is going to. 
Um, how does Noelle choose a real estate person to work with? Well, of course, she asks her trusted realtor, and the realtor will introduce her to someone as happened in this case here. Now, the big point that she's bringing up here is um, that agent over in Vernon hasn't done anything yet, and she's wondering, I don't know, maybe even if that realtor in Vernon wants her business. Well, there's a few things that we need to know, uh, Noelle. Uh, first of all, is your move imminent? Uh, are you? Do you have a set date? Are you going over there at a specific time? Uh, have you sold your house if you have a house to sell? Um, that is also very important too. Uh, the reason why I ask those two questions uh, is this. Sometimes people call us and say, we're thinking of moving to Victoria. Can you start sending us information? To which we say, yes, of course we will. But unless that move is imminent, unless we know that that person is coming in a month, uh, say it's a military buying trip, uh, they have their house sold, they desperately need to move over. The thing is, the market will change between now and when they come. So if it's a four-month process or an eight-month process, or you're just thinking about moving to Vernon, for instance, anything that you get to see right now, chances are they will not even be there when you go on your shopping trip a few months down the road because the markets are fluid. There's always things changing. Um, hopefully that agent is giving you some information on the marketplace. If you don't know Vernon already, you're going to want to know about things like schools or parks or recreation uh, or employment, if that's something that you need to find as well, too. Um, so it, it is common. Sometimes people wonder why the agent over the other side isn't jumping on things. It really, really boils down to how urgent your move is. And I think it's fair for you to let that agent know your timeline and your timing. And if it isn't immediate right now, um, just make sure that they stay in touch with you on a regular basis and get them to ratchet it up a few notches once, for instance, your house is sold or once your move date is finally determined. Uh, that would be the time they start acting on it. And if at that point they are not jumping on things, then yeah, I would say maybe you might want to find another recommendation. See, the other thing too is we don't know how the agent connected you with this person in Vernon. Is it just the name out of a book? Is it just a name that they found online? Uh, whereas for me, for instance, when I recommend people, it is always somebody that I know that I've met them face to face. Uh, I've generally had even dinner with them and socialized with them and I get to know exactly who they are. That's how I recommend people. In fact, our two guests today uh, from New York and Toronto, I know them. I, you know, uh, Richard Silver in particular, we are friends. So uh, when it comes to recommending someone going over to Toronto, of course, I would feel very confident and comfortable sending them to Richard because I know that he would take good care of them. Thank you very much for your call, uh, Noel, and for anyone else. If you have a question, just give us a call, 250-414-6540. That's 250-414-6540. What's your story? Tell me what your story is. If you've had a experience in real estate around your home, a purchase, uh, a sale, or even while you live in your home, we'd like to hear about it. There's so many great stories out there. We'll share it with our listeners here online. Listen, just as a reminder... We have coming up, and this is your last chance. It's our re, it's our home buyer event, home buyer and owner event on Saturday, March the 9th. It's going to be at the Union Club downtown from 11 o'clock to 1 o'clock. You'll get the chance to be up close and personal with myself and all of the sponsors, the professionals from the whole home show here that you listen to every week. That includes mortgage broker Denise Webster, 
Home Insurance Manager Carrie Augustini, Building Inspector Carrie Smith, and the lawyers from the Sitka Law Group. You'll learn tips on buying, selling, owning, and insuring your home. So much great information. It'll be the best two hours that you spent on a long time. Uh, there is limited seating. We still have a few tickets left. So listen, you're going to want to sign up. Uh, go to the CFAX 1070 website, find us under shows, and there's a button there for you to register. Uh, uh, the tickets are $25, and that does include a light lunch. Uh, and we are finally giving away our last pair of tickets because we've been giving them away uh, leading up to this event. So if you are the first person to email me, you'll receive them. You'll get two tickets. So the email address is tony at primeteam.ca. That's tony at primeteam.ca. And I'll let you know if you're the lucky winner for the week. One other thing that I want to bring up to our listeners today, something came up in the news a little while ago. A home buyer was looking at a house in Esquimalt. And when the title came up, she noticed the notation uh, was very old, and it said that the property was not to be sold to anyone of Asiatic or East Indian descent. Uh, and wow, that was a real uh, eye-opener for her. Uh, I have seen this many times in past. Thank goodness, of course, the Human Rights uh, Act does not permit this kind of behavior nowadays. Of course, whenever we see a house that has that on title, it gets removed when the property sells. Um, and typically, these are only on properties that have been within a family for many, many years because they changed the rules back in, I think, 1978 where that wasn't allowed anymore. But can you imagine that? Um, they were not allowed, and we've seen, we've heard in Toronto as well too, there were notations where um, Jewish people were not able to own. My goodness, we've come a long way. Of course, we are an all-inclusive society, and anyone is allowed to be here. Uh, very sad to see those things, but thankfully it is just a reminder about uh, the way our forefathers uh, existed in the old, old days and not necessarily a story about today. Listen, I'm going to take you to New York City in just a few moments here, talking about real estate over there. We'll take a break. Back in just a moment. Thanks for coming back. You're listening to The Whole Home Show, and I'm Tony Joe, taking you today for a trip to Toronto and New York to learn more about the real estate markets in those two bustling areas. On the line right now, we have Kevin Brown. Kevin is the Senior Global Real Estate Advisor uh, and Associate Broker for Sotheby's International Realty. He's recognized as one of Manhattan's most respected real estate professionals. Uh, his background was with Century 21 New York Metro and also as a partner of Ashforth War Warburg Real Estate. Uh, he has over 30 years of sales experience and has successfully represented heads of states, CEOs of major uh, companies, as well as countless referrals from friends and colleagues. Uh, he and his partner, Nikki Field, are the number one team throughout Sotheby's International Realty, often quoted in international papers and appear regularly in news broadcasts. I'm thrilled to have you on the line, uh, Kevin. Thanks for joining us. Well, thank you, Tony, for having me. That was quite an introduction. Well, you know, <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's the truth, right? I know, exactly. And, and, you know, what an interesting market that we're in, uh, whether it's your market or our market or anywhere in the world. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, you're, you're seeing, you know, like um, there's market indicators um, you know, pointing to a, a mixed picture, picture, if you will. Um, you know, you uh, obviously in Manhattan, we're in a, certainly in a buyer's market. But then you look at, you know, the markets in London, Amsterdam. 
Hong Kong, whether cities Munich, Toronto, Vancouver, mm-hmm. um, are also uh, at risk uh, coming up for uh, a certain deflation, if you will. Mm-hmm. Uh, but again, the you know one of my favorite observations is that a few years ago we were in what I call the age of the Great Recession, that many other people called it that. Um, but then we moved on to once in our elections in the United States into the age of um, distraction. We're all <laughs> distracted all the time. No uh, we never knew whether we were coming or going. Yeah. And the last two years, um, you know, we are now in the age of pivoting. And I think that no matter which market we're talking about, you know, now we're all that's the new norm. Yeah. We're pivoting all the time. So in some ways, what you and I discussed today might not be uh, relevant in one week. Oh, for sure. Uh, Everybody has to pivot so quickly, uh, whether it's the stock market or political um, uh, dances that are going on. (laughs) Well, like they say, like they say, we we live in interesting times, that's for sure, right? Yeah, I mean, very, very interesting times. And I mean, here we're in one of the largest uh, economic expansions in the history since 2008. Mm-hmm. I mean, one, you know, like uh, interesting, you know, uh, obser- again, observation is that everybody's talking about, you know, recession, recession, recession. And then how does that affect the real estate market? Uh, and that, you know, everything is cyclical. You know, that said, you look at the last five recessions that we've had here in the United States, and, uh, well, three of them, absolutely, the real estate shot up during the recession. One of them, it was, for the most uh, part, uh, flat, and it was only in the last one that we saw a dip uh, in real estate values, uh, and that had to do with home mortgages and everything else. Of course. You know, real estate is, you know, one of the great assets uh, that people can hold. And obviously Manhattan, being that we're less than 23 square miles, I just learned that statistic. (laughs) (laughs) uh, But that we don't have um, a lot of inventory. Well, there's no no expansion space. So let's talk about that. I mean, right... Right now, what is the entry level for someone to get into the Manhattan real estate market? Well, you know, again, and I know your listeners and most people um, like to have, you know, short answers. And I don't know if it's because I'm a New Yorker or (laughs) if I just like longer answers, but that it all depends. It's, you know, our market compared to the rest of the country, we are 80% what we call co-ops. Co-ops, you know, there's all sorts of barriers to buying in a co-op. And so, for instance, they don't allow pied-a-terres. They don't allow foreign ownership. They don't allow all sorts of things. Many of the better co-ops don't allow uh, renting out. Uh So you say 80%, roughly 75, 80% of our marketplace are co-ops. The rest being condominiums and townhouses. So then you say, okay, in that condominium marketplace, now you say, Am I looking at new development or resale? Yeah. Uh, most of my Asian clients love new development uh, because they want air conditioners that work. <laughs> they want views. Yeah, they, they want, want, want shiny brand new. Yeah. Yeah, and you know, and 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 they're not wrong. Okay. You know, on that is that people you know want, uh, and and also not just the amenities. They also you know are they love, especially the Asian buyer. 
they love having hotel services. And so now you narrow down to, you know, now you have five, 10 buildings. That's it in New York. And so, well, so you're, you're talking buildings like, like in Vancouver, for instance, the Fairmont has a, uh, has a condo that is, that is built into the hotel. So exactly. And you you have the four seasons you have, uh, downtown, you have 157, which was the beginning of our, um, ultra luxury, uh, brand. To answer your question, if you uh, are looking at buildings that are still very, very respectable, they're B plus to A minus uh, that were built 15, 20 years ago, 25 years ago, such as Museum Tower, such as Olympic Tower, you know, those you can be purchasing around 1600 to $1,800 a square foot okay. uh, in uh, the brand new condominiums. For the most part, you're looking at three thousand and and up a square foot. Uh, if you're looking a square foot, I'm sorry, okay. yeah, per square foot. So everything's done by square foot, not really by room count. Yeah. So, uh, but oh, so so just like, just for our listeners to yeah. know here, uh, tiny little Victoria, uh, we're looking somewhere around say six hundred or seven hundred dollars a square foot Canadian, because of course you're talking U.S. dollars as well too. It's a whole other currency, right? Exactly. Yeah. You know, I mean, uh, Canadian dollars, that's like, you know, like $52 a square foot. <laughs> Something like that, <laughs> almost, almost. But, well, only kidding, only kidding. Okay, so, Canadian. <laughs> <laughs> well, so let's, let's go back. I mean, if you're looking at a 1,000-square-foot uh, condo at 1600 bucks a square foot, that's $1.6 million for what you're saying is kind of the entry level, right? Right. Okay. Exactly. And so, so, you know, and, and, and then... If you're comparing, let's say, our market to your market or Toronto or London or any other place, then you also, most of uh, my uh, foreign inve- uh, foreign buyers are also interested in renting out. Mm-hmm. You know, for investment. For, yeah. When yeah, for investment. Yeah. I've been, you know, because as you mentioned, uh, which I try and keep a secret, that I've been in the business for 30 years. <laughs> God, am I old. <laughs> and you're so young. Oh. I, I think I've... I think my shoes are older than you are. Hey, you know I what? I've I've right. been in for twenty eight years too, so I'm not that far behind you there. Ah, uh-huh. well, you know, when I when I first started, common charges and taxes, yeah. uh, your your rental, what you were getting in rent, did not cover your common charges and real estate taxes. Oh, nowadays, um, and for the last 15, 20 years, uh, you know, we're we've been getting anywhere from. Two and a half percent to three percent after you pay your common charges and taxes. Yeah. Now, you know, in this market, because it's uh, soft, it's a buyer's market as well as a renter's market. That uh, you're getting, you know, more. You know, think in terms of two percent. You say, boy, is that pretty vanilla? However, Manhattan, uh, you know, unlike the rest of the country, we go up for the last 150 years on an average eight to 12 percent a year. So you're, you always have to look at your exit strategy. Yeah. That is where you're going to get the huge bump that you just don't have in other markets. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's remarkable about what you can make. But as far as your um, you know, daily uh, rate of return, it's, it's vanilla. Interesting. Uh, what's well, important it, is, yeah, go ahead. Well, well listen, because we've got to take a quick little break here in just a moment. Um, if people need to reach you, Kevin, what's the best way? Uh, your website? My website, uh, which is uh, kevin.brown at sotheby'shomes.com. Excellent. Um, I'm also, um, I guess, can I guess they can reach me on uh, Instagram. Oh, yeah. 
um, you know, which um, I'm just, I apologize to one and all. I just became a, a disciple. Okay. Of so, <laughs> so it's taken me a while. I wanted to see if it was really going to work. And then uh, my Instagram is Sir, so S I R, Kevin, and then the middle initial B. So uh, Sir Kevin B. Perfect, uh, perfect. Is my Instagram. Great. Well, listen, we got to take a quick break. Uh, we'll be back in just a moment. Hey, everyone. Thanks for coming back. You're listening to The Whole Home Show, and I'm Tony Joe. Our show is brought to you in part by Denise Webster, mortgage broker with Dominion Lending Center's Modern Mortgage Group, Carrie Augustini, insurance manager for Island Savings, Carrie Smith, home inspector from Inspectec, and the lawyers at the Sitco Law Group for your real estate wills and estates, corporate and personal injury needs. If you need opinions from professionals in these areas, give these guys a call. They're great people to talk with. Just uh, visit the CFAX 1070 website, look under shows to find us, The Whole Home Show with me, Tony Joe. All their contact information is there, or you can always find me online or on social media. We're on the phone right now with Kevin Brown, who is a senior global real estate advisor uh, for Sotheby's International Realty in New York. We're talking about Manhattan again. Kevin, thanks for being on the line. Well, and thank you. And I just uh, want to also mention to your listeners saying, you know, what you just mentioned, the team that you just put together, and with you as being the quarterback of the team, that's what we tell um, buyers coming into Manhattan all the time. Have your team in place. Have so your um, mortgage person. Have your um, lawyer. Have your accountant. Um, if you're planning on renovations, think about these things ahead of time so that you don't lose um, you know, any time, any money in the process. How important, how important. And, and Tony, I, yeah, and Tony, I can't think of a better person than you. <laughs> Thanks, uh, So I, I'm going to, I'm going to buy something now from you. Oh, I'll, I'm right here. <laughs> I'm, I'm ready for you. I'm ready for you. Uh, okay. So listen, affordability, here's a big thing because Manhattan, obviously one of the most expensive real estate markets in North America, if not the most. So is it San Francisco or yeah. Manhattan? Manhattan? Uh, yeah, I would say Manhattan, but again, it depends on what you're looking at areas, yeah. uh, right? Okay, you know, because so, we have you know the trophy properties and so on and so for forth. For sure, but, you so, know, so it's still very it's still very affordable. Yeah. Okay. So I'm glad you brought up the I'm glad you brought up the word because affordability comes into play because you see in our little town here there's been and in the province of British Columbia there's been so much oh my goodness it's not affordable anymore the government's putting these controls in place uh, to try to uh, uh, create more affordability tell us about uh, Manhattan or New York because wasn't there something that was attempted to be uh, implemented some time ago. Exactly, that they were going to follow uh, London and Toronto and Vancouver's uh, lead in um, uh, having a pied-à-terre tax, saying if you did not live here yeah. a certain number of days, um, which well, obviously the real estate community and the business community are all scratching their heads uh, as that this is just another uh, government um, grasp. Uh, for and, and, and what happened? Uh, it, uh, well, it, it died. Uh, unfortunately, uh, it has resurrected as of yesterday, again, because now we have a Democratic um, Senate and Congress in uh, New York State. Uh-huh. And so um, hold your breath. Um, you know, but, but, you know, I, 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 so there's two, there's two things yeah. in this. The, the first thing is, and we've seen it in Vancouver, even with the tax in place, you see, it's still a trophy market. People would still want to buy there, Right. Exactly. And so that is not really going to, it's, it's just more of an irritant yeah. uh, than anything else. The very first question 
that my Asian buyers uh, will often ask me is, not often, they always ask me, uh, is am I going to be charged differently or taxed differently than a New Yorker? And the answer is, no, we're discriminated equally. We're all discriminated (laughs) against equally. (laughs) And so, so, you know, it's it's still, you know, I mean, Manhattan, I mean, the beauty of Manhattan is we really are, and I've always been a safety deposit box uh, for for people. They're coming here because of the security. um, They they love the transparency uh, that they everybody pays the uh, the same, you know, uh, and and they and they love the structure. Uh, of it. There's no secrets in, if you will, in New York City. Mm-hmm. And so there's a security here. It is not a place uh, where you have, like in California or other places, flippers, yeah. you know, where you buy something just to sell in a, a couple of weeks later. This is not the market. This is a far more sophisticated, um, um, you know, uh, mature market, if you will. Yeah. And, you know, that is where, you know, why, you know, we are still considered to be one of the um, magnets uh, for people who want to um, invest money. Well, because you know, because I, mean, I, I kid you not, in 30 years, nobody, not one, you know, the, uh, customer ever, ever they either make a lot of money uh, from taking my advice or a little bit. And it's not because I'm so brilliant; it's because our market. <laughs> you, know, you, you know, I mean, it really, it's, it's really our market is uh, not so much to do with you know, like. Um, you know, me, uh, as, as it does with our market. Um, but what's important about having a good broker such as you is that, uh, we can discern the information, yeah. uh, you know, all the information's out there. Um, I can right now, um, see exactly how to become a brain surgeon and do everything about brain surgery on the internet. Yeah. It does not make me a brain surgeon. Though. For sure. For sure. You, you, you need a broker such as yourself to navigate these waters because there are nuances that can trip you up. For sure. Thanks, Kevin. Hey, you know what? I know I missed your open house uh, over the weekend uh, of 212 Fifth Avenue, and, I, you know, it's only $62.8 million, eh? It's a bargain. <laughs> $62.8 <I'm laughs> I know. It, wow. Uh, 10,000 square feet um, uh, yeah, uh, interior and 5,000 exterior. Wow. Dramatic views of the Empire State Building. And, and we're only on the um, uh, 21st, 22nd, 23rd floors. Okay. So you're not, you know, a lot of one of the you know, issues uh, with some of my uh, clients is they don't want to be on the 90th floor. Oh. They want to be part of life still. They want to be able to see movement of people. And, and uh, this is because it's in what we call Nomad, which is uh, north of Madison area. Yeah. It is, um, and it's, it's right across the street from the Flatiron District, or Flatiron Building, rather. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that is the most photographed building in New York City, My goodness. Uh, which so, I um, learned. So I got to know, how, how, much, how much is the most expensive property you have sold in your 30 years? Uh, gosh, uh, uh, I should know that off the top of my head. Well, because I'll, I'll, I'll tell you, um, like Kevin, in, in, in Victoria here, it's a million? how much? 40, 40 million? 42. Oh my goodness. 40 million. Cause I got, I got to tell you here in Victoria, it's a big deal when there is a $7 million sale. 
Yeah. Okay, yes. Oh, but, you know, in Manhattan, we always like to hear about those um, major sales. Yeah. But, you know, the bread and butter, my bread and butter, um, you know, is is far less than that. Yeah. That is the bread and butter of most brokers in New York City. What I'm interested in is building relationships. I'm in it for the long run. So, uh, so oh. if somebody comes to me and, and they say, I, you know, I have a million dollars to spend – I treat them the exact same way and with the same confidentiality, which Sotheby's is very proud of, mm-hmm. is that you know I uh, you won't see it in the newspaper about um, who's buying or who's selling. Yeah. Is that you know that one million dollar customer? They also know two hundred people, and I want to be part of their Rolodex. Yeah. Well, good, I'm good. not sure people have Rolodexes anymore. <laughs> <laughs> good for you. Well, you know. I, I got to tell you, as you know, as as we wrap up here, I, I'm glad that I bumped into you in Banff. Bumped into you in Banff a little while ago. Yeah. That's a nice, nice little spot, eh? Oh, it certainly is. And I want to tell you, you being the moderator, um, you you kept it moving along, and it was interesting, and it was fun for oh, uh, for all of us. Thank you, thank you. Uh, what uh, for our listeners here? Kevin's referring to. Um, we did a panel about international. Um, uh, international clients and uh, dealing with uh, investors and stuff like that. Kevin, if people need to reach you again, how can they do that? Uh, Kevin, K-E-D-I-N, dot brown, as in the color, at Sotheby's, S-O-T-H-E-B-Y-S, homes, H-O-M-E-S, dot com. Great. Uh, thanks for coming on the line. Oh, my goodness. I'm going to come over. I'm going to visit you. I want to check out the $62.8 million. Pro- Holy cow. <laughs> Excuse me, young. You're we're island people. Yeah. You know, like, so you're an island. We're an island. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> we can all like support one another. Good. Well, thanks for coming on the line, Kevin. Uh, look forward to seeing you soon. All the best. Great. We're gonna take a quick break. We'll be back in just a moment. Thanks for coming back. You're listening to the Whole Home Show, and I'm Tony Joe. We were doing a trip today. We just had a chat with Kevin Brown in Manhattan talking about a $68.2 million condo that is not even a penthouse. Uh, all about the market over there. And right now we have on the line a returning guest in Toronto. This would be Richard Silver. Richard, he leads Silver, Burtnick & Associates at Sotheby's International Realty Canada in Toronto. Uh, he has designations all over the place, including the Certified International Property Specialist, CIPS. Uh, I happen to be one as well, too. Uh, he is a past, he's a past director at large for the Canadian Real Estate Association and past president of the Toronto Real Estate Board. Uh, he was also a, f- a founding past president of the Asian Real Estate Association of America's Toronto chapter. Inman News named him one of the top 100 most influential people in real estate in 2013. Richard, thanks for coming back. Thanks, Tony. I, but I really sound like a has-been. Well, I mean, you're saying... Oh, well, you know what? We're yeah. here to talk about all the great stuff that's happening in your marketplace. You're far from a has-been, man. You, you're... Uh, no, we, yeah. We, we, we're having a great market. It's a little bit softer than, uh, than it has been over the past few years, but it's still a great market. Yeah, so now, Toronto. Um, yeah. Detached homes, a little softer. Condos busy, right? Yeah. Yeah, condos are busy, and uh, we still are, every building that is being built now sells out before uh, 
you know, before they even dig a hole in the ground whatsoever. But most of the time, um, some of the larger units are kept until the end, but certainly all the middle-range units, they're selling right away. Well, you know, our, our listeners in tiny little Victoria have to understand, like, when you say things sell out, there are things in Toronto that have sold out in, like, a weekend with, like, 400 units, yeah. right? Yeah, I, uh, as a matter of fact, a couple of years ago, uh, we bought a building that will be ready in 2021, uh, there were just over 300 units, and there were 1,300 worksheets that got submitted. So 1,300 people wanted them. So there was over 1,000 people that, that did not get access to Wow. Them. And that continues yeah. on, right? It continues on, and it's, it started a really funny thing here, and I, I don't know if it happens in other places, but we have what we call platinum agents, and so certain builders have their platinum agents and you almost need um, to use their help to get into the building. Yeah, not just anyone can. I mean, if you have 13 people vying for 300 spots, you've got to have some sort of leg out, right? Exactly. Interesting. It's pretty pretty amazing. I was able to get three of my clients in, one backed out, and I said, oh my God, why? You know, I've been already... Uh, I've been told that we're up a couple of hundred thousand and uh, they're just still doing the foundation for the building. Yeah. So what is it? Like, who is buying all this? Is there that much net migration coming into the GTA? Yeah, there's about a hundred thousand net migration every year. And that really is what pushes us. So as long as there's uh, work to be done, and, and when I say net immigration, that immigration includes people from other parts of Canada. It's not just from other countries, but mm. other parts of Canada as well. Um, the uh, you know the the lower quadrant of Ontario is really you know there's a lot of business going on here and uh, it's producing a lot and people are coming here for jobs. Well, and it's a, but the but yeah, the thing sorry, that I, the I, thing yeah <laughs> sorry the the thing that you guys have in the GTA though is you have you've got other markets so people can actually just venture a little further out to find a little more exactly. affordability, right? Exactly. Well, it's it's almost like get in your car and start driving. And when you hit something that's comfortable as far as price per square foot or size or lot, uh, that's when you stop and say, okay, this is where I'm going to have my family. Yeah. The, the, the bad side of that is that you do have to commute. However, more and more we're seeing, uh, you know, we're seeing a lot of businesses that are saying, get the work done from home, we're fine. Mm-hmm. You know, so so maybe you don't have to commute. Maybe the kids can, you know, have more space to play and um, and bigger homes. Well, I went to when I was there uh, a few months ago. I went to go visit a friend who moved from, I think he was in Vaughan, and he moved out to Aurora. I did not realize how far that was. <laughs> yeah, it's far. Right, but it's he far, especially in traffic, especially in traffic. Yeah, because it was a you know I Ubered, so it was like a. It was like a fifty or sixty dollar Uber drive. <laughs> Anyways, oh um, but the thing is, um, he, I, and I, I just, I, I observed that him and his wife bought out there because they got a lot more house with a yard for their kids, um, and it was all about it's, it was all about that whole family unit, right? Yeah, and schools are out there. There's some good schools. I mean, there's good schools all over. We're, we're very lucky in Ontario. We've got a lot of good schools. Mm-hmm. But there's also, um, especially in Aurora, there's been um, the Stronic family has been very involved in Aurora. Yeah. And they've helped build some uh, great leisure centers for uh, for families. And uh, 
there's a lot of stuff going on there and, you know, golf courses, et cetera. I mean, oh, so, okay. So I, cause I went from, I went from, uh, yeah, I went from Vaughn to, to Aurora, but for, so for example, if somebody worked in the GTA and had to go to Aurora, how far is that? Uh, it's probably on, with no traffic whatsoever. It's at least 45 minutes. Okay, and with traffic, we were probably looking at almost two hours, right? An hour right? and a half. Yeah. An hour and a half to two hours. Uh-oh. And you know what? It's a choice you make. Yeah. Um, you know, you decide what's more important, live in a small location and have more family time or get a bigger property and and deal with the traffic. Yeah. Okay, the reason why I bring it up is because here in tiny little Victoria, um, it's, uh, oh my goodness, it's 40 minutes away. That is so far, you know? I know. You could be on the other side of the island. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. But um, you know, just as a, as a context, it's amazing how 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 far people go. Hey, listen, I do. Well, I I must bring up this question to you because, of course, BC, yeah. you've been watching all this stuff here with the speculation tax, the foreign buyer tax, and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, you guys implemented a foreign buyer tax. Uh, it was the year after Vancouver did, right? Right. Yeah. Right. How's that been? Fifteen percent. Yeah. And you, and you know what? At the end of the day, when they did all their statistics and everything, it only turned out that the f- actual foreign buyer, in other words, somebody who was had no intention of living in <coughs> Canada or raising their family in Canada, was only about three percent. They were the only ones who were strict investors. Um, and so, you know, it wasn't you know, people. It hasn't drawn a lot of uh, money for the government, I don't think. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there is a, you can get a rebate after a certain number of years if you get your permanent residency. And um, it just seems that you guys have had a lot more, uh, you know, imposition by the government on, on rules and regulations. Well, I, I'm going to say it's, it's no surprise, but I'm going to say that the Ontario government, uh, the Ontario government did it better because they watched what happened in B.C. Yeah. Exactly. And, and put in some of the conditions. Exactly. It, it actually encourages people to, you know, to come and to, you know, live here and properly, uh, you know, become part of the Canadian fabric. Yeah. And uh, that's always what we need. And we all, you know, we are a country where we, you know, we have a small population. And if we want all the things that we want, we the population has to grow. And that means the economy has to grow. And uh, so I'm somebody, my parents were immigrants. Oh, sorry, my grandparents were immigrants. My great-grandparents were immigrants. Mm-hmm. And I just uh, think this is this is what we are. We're, that's the country we, we came to live in. Yeah, you know, it's amazing when you say 3%, uh, 3% was that sort of speculative uh, uh, factor. Yeah. It's amazing in yeah. because when you go to the GTA, it is so di- racially diverse. And oh, yeah. eth- ethnic, I'm sorry, ethnically diverse. Yeah. and yeah. You have a lot more, uh, I think you're, uh, you deal a lot more with the Pacific Rim mm-hmm. than we do because you're on that, on that side of Canada. But our, our, a lot of our immigrants are very diverse. It's, they're coming from Europe, Middle East, uh, China, um, Persia. We have a lot of diversity, and it's fun. I mean, I get on the, I was on the uh, subway, uh, you know, twice today, uh, you know, going down because it's quicker to go, it's quicker to go downtown on the subway than it is uh, driving. Yes, so I had to go down, I had to go <laughs> okay. pick something up, but. But had great conversations with two people who had come from other countries and were doing their law degrees and just, you know, great people. So what makes the country the country, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So so getting back to that, though, I mean, when, when that yeah. was imposed, because um, I, yeah. I, 
I understand that Ontario is probably looking at BC as well too about this whole speculation tax thing and everything. Um, right. It obviously it has not affected your market. It did in the nine oh five. I have to say, oh, in the 905, it okay. really was a bit of a shock, which is, which is you know, we, we have the two, uh, you know, we have the 416, 416 uh, yeah. which is basically Toronto, and then we have the suburbs, which are in the 905. And, and that has, you know, if I, was, if I was taking you and showing you houses right now in downtown Toronto or the 905, I'd say, you know, Tony, we're going to find you four properties that match mm-hmm. in Toronto, and in the 905, we're going to find you 50 properties that match. Oh. So there is a lot more product for sale in the 905. Than no, well, no, but isn't that just isn't that just rel- relative to when the market was hot? I mean, isn't the, isn't that sort of similar to what a balanced market actually, typically was? Actually, when the 90 when when the market was really hot, the sales in the 905 because there was more uh, there was more product in the 905. Yep. The sales were higher. The number of sales were higher. Now, now they're you know now they're sitting on the market for a longer time. Yeah, interesting. Um, yeah. The the house prices in Toronto just a little bit less than Vancouver, right? Uh, well, they're always thirty to forty percent less. Okay. I find they're not not a little less. They're they're you know but they all they sort of like run parallel to yeah. Vancouver. Now, mind you, I, I, I happen to notice on your website you also have a house in, is it Rosedale? Yeah. Yeah, and how much is that one? In U.S. funds or Canadian? <laughs> in Canadian. It's a lot, <laughs> right? In Canadian, that's uh, pretty close to $20 million. We've actually, wow. between you and, and me, we've just got a little bit of a reduction on it. So we were at $22 million, we're now at 20 But it's it's on almost an acre of land. It has the full house. It has a coach house. It has a pool. Yeah. Um, he's built the hot tub into the deck so that uh, you press a button, the deck opens, and the hot tub pops up there because he didn't want to look at the hot tubs. So. <laughs> okay. uh, and, yeah. and there is, from the coach house to the main house, there's an underground tunnel that goes right under the swimming pool. Under the swimming pool. And, oh, okay. you don't want to you don't want to walk outside and enter here. You got to have a yeah, have to have this underground tunnel. Yeah. Well, you know, it's, and again, for for our listeners, just a reminder about the scope of pricing. I mean, I know yeah. obviously pri- uh, prices are expensive in Victoria, but when you compare it to other marketplaces yeah. like New York and Toronto, it is still yeah. a great deal, right? Yeah, and it's especially New York. Oh my God! And and also, if you go around, you know, I've been to. Um, England and Dubai and around the world, we are very, very reasonable in Toronto and in Canada in general. I mean, Victoria, I mean, to have a view like, you know, like you do from almost every every corner of Victoria and to have that kind of view for the for the money you spend is we're lucky you know, in relationship to the rest you're very lucky yeah, yeah. well hey, except Richard for the, except for the snow every once in a while once a year once a year yeah, once <laughs> so, so Richard thanks for for coming on the line people need to reach you how can well, they do that oh any anybody want to reach me R silver yep. at Sotheby's realty.ca great or uh, our website is Torontoism. Dot com. Love that, Torontoism. Thanks again, Richard. Love talking to you. Pleasure. Yeah, and to the rest of our listeners, thank you. For the rest of our listeners, we'll be here for you this time next week.